welcome to this week's edition of the Better Rivals Podcast. My name is Oscar Aparicio, and this week, OTAs are officially over. It is the NFL dead zone, but never fear. We are in the best shape of our lives. And with me this week to tell us why his defense will be passive and slow, David Newman. Look, we really just want to sit back and um, and take it on the chin and hope we can hang on long enough for uh, our offense to really do most of the work there. I love it. We want to be slow. We want to be passive. I think being aggressive gets you in trouble. You know, being over aggressive, you just it gets you out of position. Can't fill your gap. No gap responsibility. It's not that's not the kind of defense we want to be. We want to play assignment unsound. And Incredi- we want to play. Slow. I mean, we're bend but don't break. Like, let's be real. We're not attacking anyone. Okay. You know, we're bend and sometimes break. You know, you can't stop them all. You can't stop them all. Why? And it's, it's Mahomes. What are you going to do? Can't stop them all. This is the official defensive philosophy of the Better Rivals podcast. God, it's just, it's so funny. Every coach, every, we're going to be fast. We're going to be aggressive. Um, and there is, we'll talk a little bit about, well, you know, what, what that may mean here in a second. But yeah, it's, it's that time of year. It's, it's May into June. The story is that uh, people are not round. They are in shape. And, uh, and yeah, here we are. It's, Look. it's. Stop you. Round is a shape. All right. Knock that off. I know. One, okay. One time. Personally. I got, I, I've been in a nine to 11 year argument with a friend of mine who was convinced that squares were not rectangles. <laughs> and I've, I've, this is, this is, this is the bedrock of our friendship. I love him to death. We have, he's been to my wedding. I've been to his wedding. You know, he's got a, uh, almost two-year-old daughter now. Like we, we FaceTime. I love him to death. But the bedrock of our foundation, the foundation of our relationship is that he, for the longest time, thought that squares were not rectangles. What was the argument? And why did it take so long to convince him? Uh, you know, you just, when someone digs in, they just, you can't, you can't take them off that perch. He just, he didn't understand that squares were a special type of rectangle <laughs> because if they weren't their own thing, why would they be called their own thing? Is, I, I don't, again, I don't understand the, the logic. I was just, I was just there to witness it. But Incredible. that is neither here nor there. The Niners are now uh, into the end of their uh, organized team activities. And a lot of, I think, beat reporters are making it out to seem like they ended because of the injuries. But it seems pretty clear from Shanahan's post-OTA or post OTA presser that he was already planning to cut it short. And he was already planning on getting rid of a three-day mini camp that was coming next, as a lot of teams are doing. But the end of OTAs did not end well. The Niners have had bad injury luck over the last, I don't know, six years, seven years? Forever. What was the, what was the Lombardi tweet, David? Uh, so since, yeah, 2014. So basically using Football Outsiders adjusted games lost, right? If you look at it, where teams overall, so, you know, they split it up into offense, defense, but this is the, the full team ranking. Um, and you look at where each team is ranked um, since 2014, which is basically since Levi's Stadium opened for the 49ers. Um, only Washington has been uh, more injured during that time span. So, and, and I think like any 49ers fan during that time would tell you like, yeah, it feel, I get it. It feels like that. Like every year it feels like they're dealing with just an absurd number of injuries. Jim Harbaugh left a pair of soiled Dockers khakis somewhere <laughs> underneath that field. And we need to find it. We need to find it, David Newman. This needs to it's be our curse. mission. That, I mean, that's it. You hit it. It's the curse of Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. It's the khaki curse. Yep. Khaki curse. The khaki curse. I can't, Is it curse I can't... with a K now? Oh, of course. Well, yeah. Two Ks in this environment. Though, that's borderline. Look, <laughs> Let's, we're not going. Nobody's going three Ks here. No. All right? No. Nobody not. wants three Ks. Yeah. Two S's, three Ks. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't win with it. But it is it is a situation now where the Niners have had two significant injuries to end their OTAs. 
Justin School, and Tarveris Moore. Moore ruptured his Achilles. By all accounts, this is what I guess is the clean Achilles break, which means that it ruptures clean off and straight or something like that. And so his recovery time is hopefully lessened. And Justin School tore his ACL. Now, I will say my first reaction when I saw those two players get injured. It, like I hate injuries for anyone because injuries suck. I wish I could you know, kind of just wave a magic wand and make injuries never a thing in football. I think the world would be better if it were impossible for these human beings to get injured. And yet, when I think about the two players that were injured here, while I know that maybe they were currently playing prominent backup roles, I don't think the Niners lost a ton of talent on the field with those two players getting injured. I think school was in the mix for a swing tackle role, but the Niners have done a really good job of stockpiling talent at the tackle position. And I think more while he, his, his injury will feel worse just because of the lack of depth. But we did a, a deep dive into his game last year when he got the most snaps of his career and he wasn't playing all that well. Right. I, I think with the more injury, that's the one, yeah, that I think you would initially go to, like that gut reaction feels a little bit worse, but um, because of what you mentioned, right? It just, they, it doesn't feel like they have a lot of competent bodies at that position, you know, and they, they've brought in, uh, you know, a couple of veteran players, obviously they, they drafted Ufanga in the draft. Um, but I, I don't know that, I mean, you have Jimmy Ward and Jaquaski Tart, and after that, both of whom, by the way, are also uh, highly injury prone. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's just not a, a position where you want to be losing guys because you just don't really have many reliable pieces there to to be able to fill in. Um, but yeah, I agree with school. Like again, obviously unfortunate for him, and and you feel for the the guy, and you you hope that he um, is able to recover, but. Um, offensive line is in a much better position from a depth standpoint. And I think they have multiple guys who can probably fill that swing tackle role better than he can, honestly. Yeah. You know, I think we've talked a lot about on the show about our priors and my prior for Justin school is still that he is a sixth round draft pick that has not played well in his career to date. You're going to have to give me a lot of evidence to prove to me that he's not just going to have a couple of good games or a couple of good snaps that he's going to be able to string together a really, really good career here on out because every bit of information I've gotten about Justin School is that he's not going to be an NFL caliber starting tackle in this league and that he has trouble even as a backup. And so it does suck that he, get, that he got injured as a human. I don't want that to happen to anyone, but I don't think the Niners are going to feel that loss as acutely as they may feel the more one. And honestly, the more one, much like Richard Sherman having his contract expire maybe ended up being positive for the Niners and that they're not paying for uh, the downside of Richard Sherman's career, the true downside. Mm -hmm. I think this is going to allow them to bring in other players and get a true look at other players and not feel like they have to give more another pick because or another year because he's a third rounder. I, I actually am really intrigued by the signing of Tony Jefferson. He was signed. He is now a backup in San Francisco. He played in a press man scheme in Baltimore and Arizona. He played in Arizona with James Betcher. James Betcher is the defensive coordinator that is now acting as a consultant for the 49ers to help D'Amico Ryans, who, in my opinion, is going to be part of that, you know, attack of aggress attacking aggressive part of the defense that D'Amico Ryans is talking about. That is the one bit of signal I think that is interesting. You have players like Jimmy Ward, you have players like Fred Warner talking about how this defense is going to be a bit more aggressive. I take that to literally mean more blitzes, more pressure packages, more exotic pressure packages than what you have seen from Robert Sala. 
And if that's the case, now you have a safety who is basically this year's Jason Verrett. Like he's coming off of an ACL injury. And if he can hit and he can provide above average safety play in a scheme that has historically been a bit more press man, like it was in Baltimore, like it was in Arizona, I think that he may ultimately be a better player as a backup safety or as a depth player than more. And the Niners just luckily were able to sign him and he was available on that free agent market. Yeah, it's tough. I, I mean, I think with him, the concern is age, right? Like, I, I mean, he's he's not it, like crazy old or anything. I think he's 29. No, uh, no spring be his age, age 29 season this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, hasn't played since basically early 2019. Um, and and I think the difference with him and somebody like him and Brett, right, is is like his previous level of play wasn't nearly as as good. So I think like there there is some upside there, right? If he, if he can get back to that pre 2019 level of play, like that is a, a solid competent player at safety, right? And I think um obviously if they do go more aggressive has experience doing um you know playing in, in that those type of schemes defensively, which I think is is an asset for him. Um and, and so I think that's what you're hoping for, right? Is is if he has to be on the field that you have competence at, at that spot and you're not going to a player, which is a big thing, right? Like that's a huge uh, thing. I think in secondary, especially right where it's, it's very easy, I think to pick on um, one weak link, right? You can have four guys that are great, but of, of your five starters that are out there, usually, um, you know, if, if one of them is bad, like he's going to get picked on, it's going to be difficult to kind of hide him. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think there's, you know, definitely a little bit of upside there, but I don't think you, you know, should expect him to come in and be like, uh, you know, pro bowl, all pro caliber safety or anything like that. And when I say that he's going to be the, the Jason Bretzler of this year, I don't mean that he's going to be like, you know, an elite all pro kind of guy. I mean, he's yeah. going to be the reclamation project. He's going to be like the guy that you're going to, the, the Niners have signed him and they're like, man, I don't know that taking a flyer on a guy who's coming off an injury. He played a couple of good years, but let's see what happens. Hey, turns out the Niners got a bargain because he outplayed his contract and he's providing valuable snaps for the 49ers. The difference between Jefferson, if Jefferson is able to get back to 2018, 2018, 2017 form, that is going to be a market upgrade from where Tavarius Moore is playing uh, in some of his best snaps. So I think that 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 is really there as an option. I'm super intrigued by that. And I think that there's a lot of signal just pointing towards more kind of press man, more man schemes with James Betcher, with Tony Jefferson. We've talked about Ambry Thomas playing a lot of press man snaps at Michigan. I think maybe they were trying to bolster some of that, which is good. I don't mean the Niners, are, or I don't think the Niners are going to all of a sudden turn into the New England Patriots and start playing a ton of man and have that be really their primary coverage scheme. But the Niners over the last you know, two, three years have shown that they are a much more multiple defense, especially on the back end. And they're not that static, single high, static cover three, even though those are still more their predominant schemes. But they love to play cover four. They love to play cover six. Now I think that if they sprinkle a bit more man, it just gives them another tool in the tool belt to, to be able to deploy against quarterbacks. Uh, and the good ones that you're going to see in the playoffs, you need a changeup. You need something that maybe they haven't seen before. And hopefully this gives them that. Yeah, I think there I mean, are just too many good quarterbacks in this league when you get into the playoffs and stuff that, that can just carve up zone, right? That, that just um, really can have a field day against those type of looks. And so, yeah, I think you do need to be able to 
to mix things up a, a bit more and not let him feel totally comfortable and be able to show him different things. And, um, yeah, having man coverage, you know, obviously in your back pocket is, is a huge benefit because the thing like man coverage is, is kind of a little bit more high risk, high reward, right? Because if you get beat, there's, there's fewer guys and sometimes no guys around to save you, right? There, there's no backup there. Like you oftentimes have in, in zone coverage. Um, but on the other end of that, like you're typically going to be tighter, to the receivers um, than you are in zone. So you're forcing more difficult throws um, and, and you're, you know, often going to have chances to be able to get hands on those. So um, yeah, I think it, it would be something that you would like to see them use a little bit more, even though like I, like you said, I, I totally agree. I don't think it's going to be um, their, their predominant look by any means. No, it's, it's an extra sauce really much. Like I like to dunk my uh, chicken nuggets in both ranch and barbecue sauce, you know, just a little <laughs> extra sauce. Don't, don't which laugh one, at me. Which one goes first? Ooh, that is a good question. I usually do the ranch first. You get the tang on the first tongue. Yeah. I, I would have thought the other way. You know, sometimes I like to mix it up. You know, you got to mix up your coverage. You got to mix up your sauce dip. You know, you it just depends. <laughs> just depends. Uh, incidentally, Tony Jefferson is younger than Jimmy Ward. Yeah, I was just looking at it uh, and I saw like... Um, uh, a headline about Jimmy Ward and he's entering he's the, his eighth he, season. I was like, what the fuck? Really? Well, not only is he in his eighth season, he is the longest tenured 49er. Man. Because when, when Joe Staley retired, it's now Jimmy Ward. He's the guy. He played for Jim Harbaugh. I mean, yeah, I remember doing, you know, like his draft um, was one of the first that we really... Uh, well, not the first, I guess it was early on though in, in us because he was 2014 draft. Um, and so, I mean, that was pretty early in terms of us breaking down draft classes and doing oh, stuff yeah. on the pod, early, so. early in the yeah. better rivals life cycle, we were decidedly going to leave the, da- the draft breakdowns to the experts. Yeah. Um, and then we slowly added that bit to our repertoire, you know, and it's, it's been, it's been good, I think overall, but yeah, he's actually younger, even though he was drafted a year earlier, he is like, you know, I don't know, half a year-ish younger than Jimmy Ward. Yeah, Jimmy uh, Ward's going to be 30 in July, man, by the time. Yeah, dude. He's, so his bones are now going to start getting brittle, <laughs> is what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, can they really get worse? Man, I really hope he's been drinking that milk. I really do. Uh, but yeah, so Tony Jefferson, I think, is an interesting addition. Um, I'm, I'm also interested to see what happens with Hufanga. I would not be surprised if he moves to linebacker fairly soon, just what we saw on tape. And, and we posted about it on the Patreon it just, it's not, I don't think that he's necessarily going to come in and be the savior, especially if you're going to have a, a defense where your safeties are going to rotate and sometimes you play deep and sometimes you play up near the box. Um, that guy needs to stay around the box. So I, I don't know that he's necessarily going to bring a lot of, of stuff to the table in this first year. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I think the injuries do suck. You don't want them to happen. But of players that could have gotten injured, like this, these, none of these are going to be devastating losses for the team. As you move towards the season, Jeff Wilson, you know, is another one that maybe that you kind of feel that might hurt a a bunch, but I think Trey Sermon's going to be awesome. I think Trey Sermon's going to be great. I think he's going to be able to fill in. And I think that, you know, all the other running backs that the Niners are going to have as well, Jamichael Hasty coming back too, they're going to have speed. They're going to have players. That one I think also isn't going to be, you know, going to feel a big loss. And so, yes, getting perhaps a bit of a trigger warning when it comes to the injuries, but when you really look at the people that are injured, it's like, it, it could really be a lot worse. Yeah, I mean, we we saw last season how much worse it could be, right? In in terms of uh, a lot of the big names going down, and so 
Uh, absolutely. Like you, you hate to see anybody injured, but um, it, it's inevitable in this game. And, and I think, you know, it's always you're fortunate if those injuries are happening further down the depth chart. Yeah. The, the other big news is about Julio Jones not being a 49er. We had a whole Julio pod, but Robot Chipmunk David had other plans. He decided that uh, his his recording rig was going to get locked up or something was going to... Think, I think your hard drive got overloaded is ultimately what happened. Look, man, and, I don't know. I became... Apparently, I became a dad and then also became a Luddite at the same time. And uh, it's just... It's a problem. It's, it's a problem. I have no idea what happened. It's a bunch of bullshit. It was very frustrating. It was very frustrating, especially when I found out after we were done recording that this was the outcome of the recording. <laughs> and while we posted it on the Patreon, it didn't go to the regular feed. Sorry, folks. We had a really, really good discussion about Julio and what we thought he could do for the 49ers. And ultimately, where David landed was a second and fourth round pick for Julio Jones. <laughs> that's what he felt the market was. And that's what he felt the Niners, you know, if, if that's what maybe he got, the Niners maybe should have been in there. Turns out it wasn't just a second and a fourth. It was a second and a future fourth for Julio. And then they got back a sixth rounder. And then that future fourth, so like this is the crazy thing too, is is the the so it's a 2023 fourth, right? 2022 second rounder. Um, the fourth round pick is conditional in that if the Titans end up with a compensatory pick in the fourth round, that will be the pick that goes to Atlanta. And if they don't end up with a compensatory pick, um, then they'll get the original fourth rounder. Wow. So I yeah, thought it I mean, was going to be conditional on playtime. I know it's so like you're if talking, we get a worse draft pick, that's the one you guys get. Right. Yeah. It, it's it's uh, really flex. a second and then a future like I mean, ultimately could be a fifth, like really a fifth rounder. Right. When you look at like overall yeah. pick number um, and and yeah, and then you gain a six back. I mean, six six round pick is worthless. But I think, yeah, the, the main thing obviously is that the Tennessee was willing to um, take on the full contract right take on yeah. um and, and not have atlanta um do anything there which i, I think was going to be difficult that was going to be the the tough ask for the 49 right like i think if you look at what over the cap shows them with uh, available right now like they technically could have done it but it would have sucked up basically every last bit of cap space that they had well not only that but the the one impact that the injuries do have that is kind of a kick to the dick is the cap space that you're going to get that you're basically going to get consumed by these players that are injured because you don't get that cap space back and you carry them if you want to carry them on your roster throughout the year. So you're going to have to pay for those injured players and their eventual replacements, which begins to eat into your available cap space, whatever kind of float you've got that you're trying to preserve gets eaten up. And that's what happened last year too. I mean, Ziggy Ansah got, you know, a million dollars or whatever for, for not playing because he got injured right away. Um, and, and so ultimately that is where that begins to eat into your space. And so the Niners likely would have had to have given more in terms of draft compensation to have the Falcons take on some of that cap hit. And I think with, when you look at the, the Atlanta cap situation too, right? Like all things being equal, if they could have gotten, uh, you know, if you're getting a second and a fourth from, from teams and one of them is willing to just take the full cap space, like that's what they needed, right? Like they yeah. needed the, the cap relief from trading Julio. And so I, I think that was going to be always an important part for them. Yeah, but it, it is going to be fun to watch him in Tennessee, and that'll be fun. I think yeah. it, that offense is going to be interesting. Ryan Tannehill is going to look like, you know, a really good quarterback, even though it's still going to be a lot of play action. Basically now, it's their their offensive coordinator better not shit the bed is really what it comes down to. 
because uh, with with Derrick Henry, with Julio, with AJ, with Tannehill, um, it's it's like if their offense isn't good, <laughs> we're looking at one guy. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, uh, it, it certainly is going to be very fun to watch. I think, like, I mean, Tannehill has I, I think shown that he can do it in the constraints, right, that he's got within that offense and uh, obviously has a lot of talented playmakers around him. And I think A.J. Brown and, and Julio's could be a very fun combination at, at receiver. So, yeah, it'll be in, it'll be uh, interesting to watch them this year. That leaves the 49ers wide receiver room, um, you know, as bare as it was a couple weeks ago, but no better than, than Julio would have made them. You're looking at a, a wide receiver group that Shanahan usually keeps five to six. I think this year he'll probably keep six because I think the more uncertainty there is with established people at the position, the more you feel you maybe need to collect a couple of people that can help out. So if, if we're kind of going into the season, assuming that there will be six and your only givens are Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, who the hell is three through six? The back four are going to be a very, very interesting, interesting group of people. I think Jalen Hurd, as long as he is healthy, is going to be one of those wide receivers. I also think Richie James is going to be one of those wide receivers. That's four. That leaves two more. The reports from OTAs are that Mohamed Sanu impressed. I would hope so. He's one of the few wide receivers who knows how to be a wide receiver in the NFL. He knows how to do his job. Don't you shit on River Craycraft. (laughs) How dare you? Look, I think him, I think Jawan Jennings does have an outside shot. I think Kevin White also has an outside shot. And I think Austin Watkins, because of what he can do on special teams, also has an outside shot. Travis Benjamin, he's the speedster. He's the guy who may be that, you know, the deep threat at, you know, 46 years old or whatever the hell he is. Uh, he could still be the deep threat. What are your final six in this case? If you're having um, to, you know, without training camp, without injuries, having to pick the six right now. I mean, it's it's tough because there's just not a lot of separation between these. So I, I, I agree. I think. Yeah. Heard... That's a funny, funny wide receiver joke, David. <laughs> I appreciate that joke. I love it. Uh, you, you know, you were talking about being a dad, being a Luddite, the dad jokes are flowing. Right. You know, you lose some in one, in some areas and then you, you pick it up in another area. Right. Uh, Every time a pair of new balances dies, uh, all the jokes flow into a new human or the draft <laughs> hats. Oh my God. Did you see the Niners draft hats or what? They weren't. I, mean, draft I hats. saw, we uh, which ones i forget what it was it wasn't the draft hat that looked like the like a trucker vomited on it it was like some kind of new on-field hat or whatever and i'll, I'll find the picture for you but it just it looks like it comes pre-packaged with a pair of cargo shorts and new balances it was, it was uh, yeah i have good. not seen i mean the draft hats i thought were terrible um but i've not seen this this other equally terrible um <laughs> hat but yeah I, I, so i think after debo and and uh Ayuk, i agree richie james is got to be in there at this point like um, not that he has necessarily done anything special, but I think you, I, I, you really know what you're getting from him at this point, which is, I think he's like, you know, a capable slot guy. Um, he's not going to be a high volume guy at any point, but obviously adds some value on special teams, uh, as a returner. So I think he's going to be in there. I agree that they, they have to want to have Jalen Hurd out there, you know, if he's healthy and capable of doing so. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how, as an outsider, you pick two guys like you're, you're just throwing darts from the rest of that group, right? Like Muhammad Sanu is the other name that you'd be like, okay, I've heard of that guy. So that's cool. Let's go with him maybe as, as one. But, um, at this point in his career, yeah, I don't know that there's going to be 
um, necessarily a huge gap between him and, and some of these other guys. So I think, yeah, it really is going to be difficult at the end of the death chart. But the thing you, I mean, more than maybe any other position other than quarterback, of course, like um, they, they need those top guys to stay healthy. Like, because they can get by if Debo and Ayuk and Richie James are healthy all year, they'll be fine. And they can get by because they're going to do a lot of two receiver packages out there more than just about any other team in the league. Um, and, and so they would be fine if those guys are just healthy all season long. But we we know that uh, that can be a tough ask. So I think, yeah, if they have to dig down in that depth chart, it's going to be problematic. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. This is where I actually think Juwan Jennings is someone that we really, really liked last year. We did a scouting report video for him, which you can still find on the Patreon. But he is a guy who's, who's a, you know, he's not going to be a burner, but he's a big wide receiver that had some slip to him, had some wiggle to him. And, and I could see him being the big slot player. Let's say Jalen Hurd. We, we don't ever see the fully realized Jalen Hurd. He gets injured or, or for whatever reason doesn't make the, the roster. If, if Shanahan is still after a big slot, I could see Jawan Jennings being that guy. And, and he's not going to be, I think, as physically explosive as Jalen Hurd, but I could see him filling that role. He's someone that I will certainly be watching as we get into training camp as, as kind of a name that if, if you kind of hear the buzz about them in practice reports, maybe that's like, okay, what's going on there? Um, but other than that, I mean, if I'm picking two players, I'm probably throwing a dart at Jawan Jennings and maybe Travis Benjamin. Um, I think you got to follow the guaranteed money. I think Austin Watkins has a little bit of guaranteed money in his deal. Um, but, but yeah, but that's, that's based. That's, I mean, that's kind of my best guess at this point. Right. I think, yeah, I mean, Jennings, the, the thing that's interesting about him is that he does bring something a little bit. If you look at how he compares to those top guys that we assume are going to be there. Right. I, I think he does bring something different to the table. Right. And, and it's always nice to have guys who can do some different things, right. That complement each other. Well, um, and, and so, yeah, I could see Jennings being a guy that they look to that could fill just a different type of role, right? A bigger slot guy, more of a possession type guy, has some ability after the catch, but yeah, not the same sort of, um, you know, explosive, big, not going to probably be a, a huge big play guy like you, you know, kind of come to expect from Debo and Ayuk, right? Yeah, Travis Benjamin has zero guaranteed money in his deal. It's a $1 million contract for one year. And with older players once they get a certain number of accrued seasons then their their salary is guaranteed if they're on the week one roster so i think that travis benjamin is likely going to get cut just so the niners don't have to guarantee his salary and then maybe bring him back if they have an injury or they have some use for him austin Watkins had a mean eighty thousand dollars guaranteed and you just take in his that, you know so yes, I was right. He had some guaranteed money, but certainly not to the degree that you would think would actually make cutting him cost prohibitive or that the Niners are kind of investing something in that. So yeah, I mean, I still think at this point, maybe, maybe it is Mohamed Sanu. I mean, he was around last year and maybe much like Tony Jefferson, the Niners are going to want someone who is at least reliable, who knows their assignments, who is going to do things the right way, even if they're not the, uh, going to, going to be as explosive as you have at, at the top of the wide receiver chart, which is, I mean, it's dicey. It is dicey for sure. Look, Trent Sherfield, 200K, guaranteed. Ooh, all right. Now we're talking. Now we're Well, you know what? Wide receivers named Trent in this offense. Done great. Great things. Have a couple of really, really good, uh, couple of good games in them. So you know what, Trent Sherfield, you're next up on Bring Your Hard Hat to Work. Look, if from any of those guys that we've been talking about at the bottom, if you could tell me that you would get like two good games from one of them, I'd be like, yeah, pick, pick him. 
because we'll take two games from any of these guys at that point. Yeah, I mean, a wide receiver is definitely going to be something to look at. Corner depth is going to be something to look at. I think the offensive line is going to be largely okay. Um, you know, I, I still think that that Jalen Moore, I love that they're trying him out at tackle first. And I would take, at this point, with all of his warts, Jalen Moore at tackle before I would take Justin School. Um, just because Jalen Moore, you know, his, his issue was really about his base, his footwork, staying upright, crossing his feet over, um, not being able to dominate his competition, even though he's in the MAC. But, but it does, but when you look at his athleticism on tape, you're just like, okay, this dude moves, this guy hauls. Um, and if you're going to try him at a high value position, then yeah. Cause if you hit, you've hit on a really, really valuable position with a low draft pick with a guy who's got the traits to stay up against some of the more athletic defensive ends. Like that's, that's the guy that you want to hit on. And so I think that, that the Niners have done a good job, I think with their tackle depth and their offensive line depth in general. Right. Yeah, I, I think offensively, that's probably the position. You know, I, I think things could end up, um, you know, not ideal at right guard, like as a, from a starting perspective. Like, I, I think that's going to be probably their weakest spot, kind of no matter who ends up slotting in there. Um, but yeah, they have guys who are capable and, and can, you know, fill in, uh, I think, at multiple spots right behind them. So I think the, the depth there is is pretty good. All right, last question before we move on to other things, uh, just other life things. Uh, at tight end, you had a rebounder, you know, kind of the coming back uh, in terms of a tight end for the 49ers, former Tennessee Titan. God, the dude broke his jaw. And I just, I have so, so much respect for him playing with a broken jaw. Delaney Walker uh, comes back. The Niners signed Cole Pruitt. Would you rather have Cole Pruitt or Delaney Walker at tight end? Wait, is it Michael Pruitt? It looks. I don't like, know. I'm reading it off the screen. You, oh, you're asking me how to pronounce a name? That's rich. No, no. I'm like looking at the spelling here, and it's literally spelled Michael. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's like Michael, right? But look, there, I'm gonna say it, Michael. It's a capital C. Yeah, I just heard you say Cole, though. Oh no, I, I thought I said Michael. Look, uh, my voice has been going out look, man, for a while. It's been, it, it honestly, it sounds like I've been smoking cigarettes and drinking whiskey and only 50% of that is true. Look, we're in, in prime June form as well, right? <laughs> so, um, what was, what did you even ask me? Who would I take between Michael? Pruitt? Yeah. Michael <laughs> has, so speaking of guaranteed I'm money, I'm going to be able to say it right. Speaking speak, Michael Pruitt, uh, Michael Pruitt. Speaking of which, he has a guaranteed salary, uh, a prorated bonus. You can't laugh while I'm trying to talk about this man's guaranteed money. Got $137. Uh, his age, 29 years. Uh, the dude, his cap number is just under a million. Wait, did you say $137? $137,000. God damn it, David. I don't know what I said at this point. Anyway, um, I don't I'm thinking know. about I... the Coles and whether or not they're mine and Delaney Walker. Just it's been it's been a rough it's been a rough intro. Delaney Walker. Uh, I mean, how old is this guy at this point? Like thirty six. Dear God. Um, probably I'm probably not taking Delaney Walker. Like, I just yeah I don't. He's old. Like at some point you just you you, you have to just try the other guy because, <laughs> it, like he's maybe he's got something there right. But like Delaney Walker. Uh, yeah, 30 about, he'll be 37 by, uh, around the time the season starts. And 
Um, yeah, wasn't playing a whole lot of snaps during his last few seasons. So, I mean, we're talking like 2017 since this guy's played more than 200 snaps. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to pass on that. Yeah, Michael had one game with one snap uh, in 2019 against Carolina Panthers. Once we get to 2020, uh, things look a little better. 277 snaps, um, good run blocker, and, you know, it's like, okay, that's going to be that's going to be his game. Uh, he never had more than 500 snaps um, in a season. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, let's actually now because I think that's, that's most of the OTA stuff. I mean, Julio, wide receivers, injuries. Um, I think you got a little bit of Shanahan talk. Now the stories are coming out about D'Amico Ryan's being fast and aggressive. You know, I think that's that's most of what is happening. Um, Jimmy so, Garoppolo looks uh, better than he ever has at this point. Of course, of course he does. I mean, golden tan? Are you kidding me? He looks gorgeous, <laughs> absolutely sun-kissed. It's it's. I mean, the the way that the color of his eyes bounces off the glistening olive skin, it just I swoon. Oh, wow! <laughs> you need a you need a minute? You need a break? <laughs> My goodness. Uh, incidentally, research department is telling me that, uh, he had more than one game in 2019. I don't know what the hell is going on with these filters, but, um, yeah, he definitely had more than one game in 2019. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I think in terms of football talk, that's most of what we've got. We're, we're going to have, we're probably going to move to, uh, more every other week. If that cadence over the next, at least month while things are super dead, there's just not going to be a lot happening. And so what's going to happen is two things. One, we're going to rest Two. We're going to go into uh, some kind of content planning mode and think about what we're going to do for things like scheme month and the rewatch month, which I'm actually super excited about because I have a couple of ideas that I think will be good. But we take this time to both recharge and try to come up with some good content and not just talk for talk's sake. Um, The other thing that we're going to do, especially on the back half of this episode, is just kind of talk about life a little bit. And we're going to talk about Chelsea football. And we're going to say, do you want to talk about how we're champions of Europe? I was going to say, yes, I do want to talk about how we're champions of Europe. But I want to give everyone else who gives zero shits about Chelsea football or us as human beings uh, to go ahead and pull the ripcord and just say, hey, thank you for listening. We love you. Good night. Have a good one. As always, go Niners. I mean, if you don't care about us as human beings, I don't love you. For um, those of you continue. who want to stick around and hear about uh, a couple of TV shows that I think are amazing that I've recently seen, uh, us being champions of Europe, which is fucking dope, uh, and all the other things that we care about, stay tuned, because here we go. Uh, so we haven't talked about Chelsea winning the Champions League. How fucking right. fun was that? That was bonkers. How how much do you love the fact that we are Chelsea fans in this season of all seasons? So much so that I bought uh, a Chelsea jersey. Or yes. are we going to say it's not a kit, right? Because it's the kit's the full thing. The kit's the full, the thing. full yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Is you it is it just a shirt? I I, I legitimately don't know. I, I I think uh, for the Tottenham Hotspur fans that are hate listening to this right now, um, y- if you could just let me know, but what, no shirt. What I, yeah, let Oscar know and then he'll tell me. Um, <laughs> is it shirt or jersey? Anyway, I, I bought one of those, so that was too. a huge a huge thing because we're committed now. We are pot committed. We officially there. have purchased merch. It feels like it's hard to imagine a better way to like dive into soccer than you like pick up a team um, that has like basically starts a new era, right? As you become a fan, right? That you get a, a new coach. Like literally, I didn't watch a single game with Lampard 
as coach, as manager, right? Yes. And, and so you get Tuchel in there. That's where he picked things up. Um, and then, yeah, they just, and, and they were a lot of fun, man. There's a lot of fun players um, on there, excited about like uh, this transfer window and and kind of some possibilities there. Obviously a lot of, a lot of rumors, no different than, you know, fucking NFL rumor mill in, in the off season, you know, uh, but it's, it's been a lot more fun than I expected it to be. No, it's been great. And and I think the thing that I love too, is I've actually started to miss the games at six in the morning, the first weekend after the premier league ended and, and like the, the, everything was basically done. Champions league is done. You know, the season's over, you know, now you're basically, you know, if you watch international soccer, you can, you can do that. But I woke up on that Saturday and I was like, what, what, what the hell am I going to do? I'm having breakfast with my daughter and, and I actually played an old game. I hadn't watched the Arsenal game live. And even though I knew it was a loss, it was like, well, let me go ahead and throw that on. I need some background noise. I got to, I got to put some, something on the boob tube, but yeah, it's, it's been fun, man. It was a really, really fun year. And it just, it, it is, it is really fun to have that, like that new team feeling. Cause I, ha- yeah. I haven't had a new team feeling in, in a long time. The closest thing I've had to a new team feeling was maybe when the Warriors got re good. I mean, it really feels a lot like, um, a lot like the early, like Harbaugh years yeah. for me. Cause it was like right around that time, you know, obviously I had been a, a 49ers fan well before that and, and had watched a, a ton of 49ers games before Harbaugh came along. But, um, that was like around when Harbaugh was there was around the time I was starting to dig deeper into football and like trying to figure things out more and, and kind oh, of I learn remember. about the game. And, um, yeah, it was, you know, and obviously we, we started doing the podcast shortly after that. And, um, and, and yeah, that was kind of like a, a very exciting part of my fandom because it was not only were the 49ers good again, and that was great, but I was also like understanding more about what I was watching. And I think this soccer is, is the soccer season has been a lot like that because I mean, I honestly, I knew shit all about soccer. Like probably I didn't play soccer growing up. Um, I never really watched a whole lot beyond the occasional like world cup game. And so like everything was kind of new to me. It was like, I was learning positions, like just basic fundamental stuff. And and so it was just like, um, yeah, that, that kind of excitement about like picking a new thing up and then also having like the team that you've decided to root for be good and entertaining and fun, you know, as, as you're kind of doing that. No, I love it. And I'm, I was much the same way. I mean, for me, it, it was a lot more because I played soccer in high school, not well. And I wouldn't say that I understood the tactics of it all. And, and so now thinking about, you know, what I didn't know what a false nine was six months ago. You know, right. it's like, what's a false nine? <laughs> Tuchel playing double sixes. I was like, that's cool. I don't know what that is. Why do they call them sixes? I mean, I had a, I had an idea, right? Because I know that the nine and the 10 and all that other stuff. But yeah, it's just it's a lot of fun. It was it was a really really fun season. We are pot committed now. We've got jerseys. We've got merch. Uh, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. I think to see, especially if they get Holland. Oh man, that's gonna oh, be man. it's gonna yeah. be a lot of fun. It would be it's, would be awesome. Yeah, it's exciting. Like you get that that champions extra Champions League money and like got a little man, bit more cash to spend. The oil the Russian oil business is booming. Just saying. <laughs> just hope hope it's booming. Uh, but the so moving to for those of you that. Now, you know, the, the Hotspur fans, it's okay. We're going to talk about other stuff. Um, television shows. I've not recommended a couple of television shows in a while. I still, I still love my TV shows. Uh, my, my TV show watching time has cut down considerably since becoming a father. Mm-hmm. But two shows I've recently started that are one that I've finished, the other which I've started, which are so far phenomenal. Snowfall. 
I know I've mentioned this to you before, David, but we right. just finished season four, which is, I think, the last season on Hulu. It is fucking phenomenal. Like, have you ever had to, like, just stand up while you're watching a show and, like, just, like, cross your arms and be like, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen, but I, can't, I cannot sit down. I cannot sit down. This is nerve-wracking. Oh, my God. <laughs> I did that several, several times watching this show. It's just, it's so wow. good. Yeah, so not, good. not I've, I don't think I've had the the stand-up thing, but definitely, you know, edge of the seat type of stuff. Like, I'm sitting up, oh. I'm kind of, like, leaning over a little bit more. Um, yeah, I have not, have not had a chance to start watching that yet. Um, it was basically the last thing John Singleton did before he died. John Singleton of Boys in the Hood fame. Um, he is a really, really good uh, director and, and writer, and, and it was the last thing that he did before he died. And so it's been carried on since he died. I think he died somewhere around season one or two. And it's been carried now to four seasons. But it basically chronicles the the crack and coke epidemic in the 80s in L.A. And tells it through the lens of a couple different uh, through a couple different areas. One being the CIA and the Iran-Contra scandal. And the other being the, you know, kind of the the drug dealing culture of the 80s. And it is just it's so good. Everything about it, the writing, the acting, the social commentary, everything is just absolutely on the nose. Can't recommend it highly enough. What's your other one? Um, Hacks. Hacks. H-A-Hacks. H-A-C-K-S. I think it's a HBO, a HBO Max original. It is about, it's a, it's more consumable. We, so we started this because we needed a palate cleanser after snowfall. I was going to say, <laughs> so, yeah, like snowfall sounds, uh, sounds great. Like love all on, all on board, uh, with the premise of that one. But yeah, like, man, sometimes at like the end of the day, I just like, I don't have something that heavy. Oh, totally. It, you know, we I mean? definitely had to pick our spots with snowfall. Absolutely get it. And, and hacks is a comedy 20, 25 minute episodes of a writer a comedy writer who gets fired for making an inappropriate joke on i guess nowadays we would say she got canceled for telling an inappropriate joke on twitter and and she ends up writing for a washed up former big star comedian who now basically has like a residency in vegas and slangs things on qvc and another show where just the writing is spot on it's really really well done it's funny as all holy get out. It's consumable. And and so, yeah, I, I also really, really love that one. We haven't finished that one yet. We're a couple, I think we're like four seasons, four episodes in. And and yeah, absolutely would recommend that too. Yeah, we, we've gone um, pretty much the complete opposite end of the spectrum in terms of, so we also like lighter, but in stuff like you only kind of like kind of have to pay attention to. Right type yeah. of thing. So we've been. Yeah. So I think the last time we talked about it, um, we were finishing up Friday Night Lights, um, and and so like made Clear it. As full uh, hearts. Or I think we actually have a, a, like a few episodes left in that final season where we've kind of like um, paused on that a little bit. But uh, we've been watching. We started watching the Clone Wars randomly. Um, oh, on, the Star Wars cartoons. Yeah, um, and has been that's been. Like, I don't know if I should say surprisingly because I had heard very good things about it and that it was, yeah. it was really good, but, um, it's, it's been a nice, like, yeah, again, it's like 25 minute episodes. And so you can just kind of like throw it on. It's light. There's nothing. It's obviously like star Wars. So there's nothing that serious going on yeah. and you're just like, all right, I'm gonna throw this on there. Um, and then, uh, I, you know, watched the first episode of Loki yesterday. That was the, Oh, I heard that was actually surprisingly good too. 
the it was very good. Yeah, I think much better than um, and I could see you being a lot more into that than the other the first two Disney Plus like Marvel shows, right? Um, so yeah. I think this is this one feels a little bit more substantial to future events rather than just kind of like um, you know Falcon the Winter, Winter Soldier was like fun, but it was basically like a buddy cop movie right yeah. like nothing nothing major is happening in there i don't know that i want to get reinvested in the marvel universe i feel like i i kind of finished the whatever it was 20 movie arc and and maybe i'm done with marvel for a bit um I, I, maybe i'd like to go watch some other stuff i just i don't want to get sucked back into that world it's a lot of shit it's a it's a commitment they've got a what is it it's like their their next phase is plotted out until like 2035 or whatever it's like man no, oh, I didn't. I don't know if it's that long. Yeah, but it, I mean, they—that's the way it's been. I think pretty much the entire time, right? Is they—they they kind of plotted out um, several years. So like they've announced the the movies and the TV shows that'll be on Disney Plus um, for at least like the next three years, three four years, something like that. Yeah, I don't. I don't have that kind of commitment in me. And I was. Uh, we went to my daughter's first swim class. And yeah, how'd it go? Yeah. It, it went really well. She So apparently all of her Ninja Warrior training has paid off in the pool because she that they, they do this drill where they like have them kind of crawl out of the edge of the pool. Basically, it's like shoulder yeah. shoulders, you know, tummy, thigh, thigh. And she was just like beasting out of there. It looked like a straight up draft video, you know, where like someone's just jumping out of the pool and you're like, oh, my God. Can't Suddenly, believe they did that. Saquon Barkley like jumps up like twenty feet worth yeah. of stacks. I was going to start to yeah. put some like thirty inch boxes just to see if she can climb them. Um, because she, I mean, she uses the dachshund's dog ramp to get up on the couch. And when she first learned, she wasn't crawling her knees yet, so she basically planked all the way up. So she, I mean, she just basically, and she does all these like little feats of strength all around the house. And I mean, I think babies are just really strong in general. Like as a percentage of body mass, I think they're just really, really strong individuals. And, and yeah, and she was just doing all these weird things in the pool and she dunked her head underwater for the first time on accident. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a good time. I can't even commit to the next one of those. I can't commit to three years of Marvel movies. Why can't like, you commit? You have to sign up for the whole, you the do. Same class. The, and the only reason we went today was because it was a makeup class from her birthday on Saturday. Cause they're every Saturday. And so oh, on, okay. and so it's like, okay, well, we can't go to the first one because we have a birthday party. And so we do the makeup class on Thursday. And then this Saturday, we may want to go see an open house. And so it's like, well, now are we going to have to do a makeup one on this Saturday again? And then next Saturday, we have an, a, a friend's barbecue and cookout for his birthday. And then the other Saturday after that, it's like... Cause, Man, it sounds know. like you should have picked a different day for this one class <laughs> is really what this disappears. Uh, yeah, so we've done... We did... Uh, we had our second actually uh, in the, the exact same swim class. Um second one today um and it's funny like so so my daughter um is is gotten very interested in what other people are doing so it's like she can be an absolute nightmare at home when it's just me and her like you know all bets are off but you get her in public in front of people and she is just so interested she becomes quiet it's like we i'm like who is this human and so like half the time when we're in there she'll do you know all you go through you basically rotate through these different drills right and you have them practice and it's just like they're getting comfortable being in the water all that stuff um half the time alex is just like watching other babies do shit and is just like well wait and then like when they do something because it's like you know the parents are in there and everybody starts clapping when they do literally anything and it's just alex will start clapping uh, <laughs> give me my recognition. 
Give me, um, give me the things. She's just like, yeah, great, great job. You looks like you did did good over there. Um, we there's this one that you do that's supposed to be like a safety drill, right? Where you basically turn them away from you. Your back is to the wall of the pool, and then you kind of just like slowly go out and you say, um, you you basically make them try to find you. They're but the idea is they're supposed to like turn over their shoulder and find you, and then at that point you turn them around and help them like get back to the edge. So it's supposed to teach them that. If they get in trouble and they fall in, don't right. swim across the pool, like turn come around and come back, right? Turn um, around, don't drown, as they tell you in Texas. I am uh, sitting here trying to get her attention, and I'm just like, where's dad dad? Where's dad dad? And she just like could not give a shit about where I was at. She's just like looking, she's watching. There's another class next to us. She's like watching over there, just like not paying attention at all. I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. You're turning around now. You got to hit her with that Chris Kasurik energy. You got to start screaming and yelling and hollering and just like clapping real loud, you know, and just like be a hundred percent energy and she will find you. I think you got to, you got to just feel, feel that Chris Kasurik vibe when you're at some class. Let I'm sure that'll be the, the exact energy that I need on my side in a class full of uh, moms, just nothing but other, I'm like the only dad there. Oh, you're you know? the only dad. Uh, yeah, I have been so far through the first two. So I went, I went today and both my wife and I went today. And I, I'm you, I'm going to be the one who takes her on Saturday because I, I, I work during the week. And so it's like, I've got to do something with my daughter. She already, you know, basically ignores me and thinks that I'm just a, a you know, something that just provides every now and again. And like that, no, it's, I'm just going to climb on mom, whatever. Um, so I'm, I'm going to do something with her. And, and yeah, and so I went today just to kind of get the lay of the land and see what was going on. Um, and there were two other dads there. And so I felt like, but it was Thursday. It was a makeup class. So who knows what's going to happen on Saturday? We'll see. I was just like, there's, there's nothing, uh, but moms who are looking at me funny, like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> oh man, are you going to get ostracized? It's, who knows? You know, it's who funny. knows. The That'd one thing fun. I will say that was weird about the swim class was that it was an indoor pool. Yeah. That's weird. Why? Because indoor pool, pools are outdoor things. No, they can be, in fact, indoor or outdoor things. Well, I know that they can be, but just because something can be done doesn't mean that it should be done. Think about it. Like, so it, this is a great example. Uh, so last week during the first class, um, it was, it's been ridiculous with the thunderstorms in Texas, right? For oh, what yeah, feels totally. like uh, fucking months. Um, but it was like at the time we were about to go, it was fucking coming down, like to the point where we got in the car and we were going and I'm almost turned around and been like, this, this seems like kind of a, a poor idea. Let's maybe turn around, but ended up going. And it's like, if you were to be going to an outdoor pool, you couldn't have that class. They would have to cancel all the yeah, classes. That's okay. I, yeah. It's not okay. If you want to make money by having people come <laughs> to your classes. <laughs> yeah. The number one thing that I would think that comes from having an indoor pool is much like a dome climate control. And it was still hot and humid as all holy get out in this place. It's like, yo, turn the AC on. You're making money. We can still have the class. Turn the AC down. Make it, it a, be, just nobody a little. Wants, nobody wants to climb out of the pool and have it be fucking frigid in there. Oh, man. You, you get in the pool to cool off. It's Texas. You cool off in water. You don't cool off in like sticky, lukewarm water and like That's... tepid water and then get out and have it be just as sticky outside as you do inside. These are two different experiences. They're two different purposes. The outdoor <laughs> pool is what you're describing. The indoor pool is there for, for comfort or for classes. The indoor pool is for like Olympic swimmers. And this yeah, is not two, Olympic Yeah, them, them too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, I guess maybe who knows? Who knows, who knows? what sport? Yeah, I don't think my daughter's gonna have the the uh, length 
for uh, for swimming. You know, you look at Michael Phelps and he's got these giant wings that you can like, you know, do different strokes with. Yeah, I don't think my daughter's gonna be rocking the the tall life. Yeah, my my my. We just got back from like our you know this week we had the the one year checkup and it's like I mean look we've discussed this we're both we're we're pretty similar size like we're short we're short guys this is how it is um and so I yeah, I don't think either of our daughters are going to be especially tall and you get like the the height percentile and it's like she's been right smack dab in the middle right just like perfectly average but she's a fucking tank she's like eighty seventh percentile weight just like what do i do i need to start feeding you less what is happening here yeah my daughter's been tracking pretty small all around consistently um and yeah and now that we've stopped with the formula and went to cow's milk and so now it's like now you we basically the weight has been going down because she's consuming less things and so we're like trying to feed her more food but she's like she throws she's in a food throwing phase oh uh, dude but now my terrible. dogs are overweight <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a fucking dog to clean it up. I'm just stuck cleaning it up. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> my dog's just so. They're, uh, I think it's, it's Gabriel Iglesias. Is it fluffy? Yeah, my dog. My dog's fluffy. The people come over and say that my dog has a little head, which in my mind is like, are you calling my dog fat? Like, is that is that what's going on here? You're just saying they're fat, but like, do they got a little head? I don't know. What's going on? I don't know. Um, yeah, I think that's all the life things. I really just wanted to talk about those two TV shows uh, and talk about Chelsea football. And uh, and yeah, I think that's that's mostly it. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's our life update. That is uh, basically takes up like I don't know my last several months of existence right there. Yeah, uh, Father's Day is coming up. Any uh, anything yeah. for Father's Day you got going on? Uh, so we're gonna do. Um, I'm actually gonna end up getting like my Father's Day like a little bit or like a couple days early because we're gonna be um, doing a bigger family thing like uh. on on that Sunday. So which is not. In fact, a relaxing day for me. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to get my relaxing day a little bit early. <laughs> my 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 mother-in-law and my father-in-law really wanted us to come to to College Station to their place for Father's Day, and and I was like, no, like it's 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 all. This is my first Father's Day. I've done a Father's Day for someone else every day of my life, <laughs> for my entire life. Yeah, this is this is this is mine. I'm gonna go ahead. And, I'm gonna go ahead and call this one. I'm I'm taking this one. Um, like, so the what we're gonna end up doing, which like it, I feel like I understand. This is why I'm going along with it more so um, than than like put my foot down type of th- situation. But I I definitely made jokes about it. But we're we're going to spend time with Meg's grandparents, who are very old, and her grandpa is like ninety. Yeah. So he doesn't yeah. like maybe have many Father's Days left. Yeah, but I if, get that. If you think that stopped me from telling my wife that, like, uh, hey, look, tell Gramps to step aside. It's fucking my time now. <laughs> All right. Um, you don't think those jokes were getting out? Then you haven't been listening to this podcast for very long. What is Gramps going to do for me? That's what I want to know. He's had 90 goddamn Father's Days. All right. Can he make breakfast and pancakes? That's what no. I want to know. No. Yeah, not at all. Uh, well, yeah, and that does it for this. If, you, if, you, if you've hung on this long, we did this in the Julio Jones episode that wasn't released. Uh, and, and we're going to do it again. We're going to go back to, fuck, what feels like five years ago. Yeah. Uh, and have a call to action. If you are so inclined and you've gotten this far, uh, why don't you go ahead and tweet at me and I'll tell David that this happened. Uh, just tweet me uh, old man pancakes. Just old man pancakes. Let us know what you're doing on Father's Day. You can put it in a sentence. You, you may not need context. You can find some... 
eloquent or interesting way to put it in a tweet and send it my way. Old man pancakes. Could be a gif. Who knows? We'll figure it out. Uh, I'll let David know that you got here uh, and it'll be lots of fun. Thanks for everyone who's hung on this long. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And as always, go Niners. Go Niners.